Welcome to the Athlete's Record, where athletes share an honest account of the highs and lows in their sporting life, the things that matter most to them, and their hopes for the future. This podcast is brought to you in association with ANF Recruitment, who specialise in the recruitment of accounting and finance professionals, both domestically and internationally. To ANF Recruitment, people matter. To see a full range of their current roles, follow them on LinkedIn or visit afrecruitment.ie. Before embarking for the Olympic Games, Ireland hockey star Chloe Watkins reflected on what it has taken to get there, what it means for their families and supporters watching at home, and how the team culture has put them in a position to compete with the best in the world. Here, Chloe talked about the challenge of keeping your emotions in check as you prepare to step out on the biggest stage in world sport. It gives you the best and the worst feelings and there's no other way to like you'll feel the worst you'll ever feel and you'll feel the best you'll ever feel and they're the memories you have and it's all from sport it's all you know it's in, it's incredible how high and how low it can make you, you you feel like it's it's nothing else like it really the hardest part about it it's keeping your emotions in check when there's so much at stake there's such huge hype there's excitement distractions getting the right balance between being motivated and having energy and being hungry for it and can't wait to get out there and and energize and then having composure and clarity of mind to make decisions to execute skills execute game plans you know take decisions from the ref you know anything that's happening and and trying to stay calm under under all of that so it's yeah it's absolutely it's the hardest part about it and we we did say sort of last week that we can't take all the emotion out of it we can't we're probably not built like that you know at the end of the day we love having our backs against the walls we love being up for the you know to fight and to to really try and beat somebody that maybe you shouldn't beat. Um, and we don't want to take the emotion out of it too much because it is, it's, it's such a special occasion. We have to, we have to acknowledge that and we have to, we have to rise to that and, and understand that it's, you know, a once in a lifetime opportunity essentially as well. But how you convert that into performance and into managing nerves and managing you know, staying composed, that's that's the harder part about it. Um, and I suppose as a team, we have to manage that and help each other as well. For me to perform at my best, I have to be calm and I have to be focused. And, you know, over the years, I've learned what works for me and what doesn't, I guess. And when... I may be in a bit of a red mist. That's no good for anybody. Um, and I'm not going to be helping the team. And the less I can do that, the better. So we all sort of have a, a personal responsibility to manage our own emotions and to to make sure we're prepared. And then we have that advantage from being in a team that if somebody is maybe going a bit haywire, you can sort of grab them and be like, you know, over the Euros, when the girls gave me, you know, a slap on the back and was kind of like, I, I was chatting back to the ref, whatever it was. 
sort of like, come on, Chloe, you know, need you back in this. And you're like, oh yeah, okay. I need to snap back into this. Like I'm getting sidetracked here. That's the great thing. You know, it's so, it must be so tough as a individual athlete to, to have to have that discipline all the time. But I, I know what I do will affect my teammates. It's the same for anyone on the team. So the more composed I can say, the better I'm going to execute my role, the more I'm going to contribute. And that's, that's essentially what it comes down to. So discipline is huge, but it's, it's difficult when you're, you know, the emotions of a game, the heat of a game, lots, lots are happening. That's the difficult part about high performance sport as well. Watkins to the left-hand side. Watkins trying to spin the keeper, scores! And Ireland have come from 1-3 down to tie it up at 3-all. And we go to sudden death. Unbelievable scenes here at Donnybrook. Despite 30 or more players being involved in the run-up to the Olympics, selection had a limit of 16, meaning many of Chloe's teammates would not make it. She described the mixed emotions of selection week when it was announced who would be on the plane to Tokyo. It's the worst part about it, to be honest. It's, it's, um, it's the bit that everybody dreads um, and we certainly were dreading it. You, you just want everybody to be able to go. You want everybody to be there and experience it because you know how many years everybody's put in and the sacrifices that everybody's made. Um, and, and the commitment they've they've made to the team. So it was a really funny, funny week. I think it was um, very sort of mixed emotions. And yeah, it was like bittersweet because um, the disappointment you felt for, for the girls that missed out was more at the forefront than your own happiness of being and an elation of being selected. It kind of took a... a a few hours to kind of be like, oh, hang on, I'm actually, I got selected, I'm going here because it was just kind of like, oh, that sinking feeling because, yeah, as I said, just everybody's put in so much, but like the way we've always kind of looked at it as a squad um, because obviously the World Cup selection was, was competitive as well. We, we were always saying, you know, this is, this isn't about the selected team. This is, we're bigger than that and, and, as a squad, we know how privileged we are, whoever gets to go to these things that you're representing, all the girls, and it's not even just the 20 that were, were up to the last minute, it's, you know, there's up to 30 people that have been training away, you know, that people don't realize for so long. And we know we're going to represent all of them and we're, we always want to just do it for the girls. And it's not just the girls that are there, it's we're the girls, like all of us are. and whatever performance that we're putting in over there, it's because of everybody that's contributed um, and trained and pushed people and pushed standards. And it makes it, you realize what a huge privilege it is to, to be going over because it's, it's just so competitive and so tight and there's so much on the line. That's probably what motivates us more than anything. Like it's, we, you know, we've also had some girls that have had terrible injuries this year as well and they're missing out and like that was heartbreaking it certainly brings it home and and it kind of makes you realize that you have to be so grateful for for being in the position that you're in um, you you can't take it for granted for a second and 
you have to make sure that you give it absolutely everything when you're over there because you know you're doing it for them as well um and they'd give anything to be there i'm sure and it's yeah it's just absolutely a motivating factor to to do everybody justice and the work that everybody's put in um to try and represent them as best we can with COVID-19 impacting the organisation of the Games, families and fans had to be excluded. Chloe described the part her family has played in supporting the team through good and bad times, and how it might be at home, watching on as Ireland makes its women's hockey debut at the Olympic Games. I'm probably seeing more of, you know, myself in, in both my mum and my dad and it's funny where you're like oh I definitely get that from my dad or I definitely get that from my mum like my dad's incredibly competitive and that kind of thing played sport himself but is is more the emotional one as well to be honest so uh you know my mum's maybe a bit calmer um and I probably you know get that from her as well so she kind of goes quiet when she's watching things and and dad would be way louder and and shouting and probably commentating throughout the whole game which which would drive her mad as well so it's it's quite funny to to see the the differences but um they were asked the other day actually you know like where would you be watching watching the games and they were like well we have to you know covid you can't unfortunately watch them you know, normally our club or something would probably have them on the screen or whatever it is. And, you know, mum would much prefer that. She'd much prefer to be down there with a group of people and just watching the match uh, rather than sitting at home by herself, probably up the walls. So, I, I, yeah, I wonder maybe in a few weeks, you don't know, it might change. But um, right now they're just going to be setting the alarms and getting up in the middle of the night to watch them. And I'm sure my brother and sister will probably come over for that too. But Gareth, my brother, is probably the voice of reason in the house. He's um, he's an ex-international himself, so he's very grounded and very calm. So uh, he'd be a welcome <laughs> person, I'd say, to be watching it with. My sister's fierce competitive as well, so she'd be getting up to ninety. Um, it'll be it'll be gas. I'm actually yeah, I I wonder how they're going to get on. It's kind of I'll be missing them, but I'd love to to be a fly on the wall with them watching it too. They've been through the the lows and the the maybe the trips that were ended up being heartbreakers say at the world cup you know they all had an absolute ball over there and it was great to see that because they had been through so many awful awful trips where it was tears and you know coming home through the floor kind of dragging yourself home and you want to you know give them good occasions and exciting occasions and events to be at and and to be cheering at so yeah, from that point of view, it's really disappointing that they can't go and experience it, I suppose. Even if you're watching anything with, you know, with the group, you kind of feed off their energy, a few more distractions in there, whatever it is. But I can imagine nerves and tension and everything would feel that bit more when you're just sitting there by yourself with the, you know, the four walls of your house. So um, you never know by then there, there might be the opportunity to watch it outside with a few people or I don't know you know you'd love to you'd love to maybe hope that something like that could happen because it's there's a lot of you know people in the community and and my club and that kind of thing that would probably normally get together for this so uh, it is a social thing as well and um, that kind of can bring people together and I know everybody's kind of been missing that and, and missing live sports so it would be a great occasion I think for them as well. 
I think someone's gonna I'm gonna have to ring someone to check in with my family during these games because I think it'll be a intense enough time for them. We spoke to former Ireland hockey international and Chloe's brother, Gareth Watkins, on what it means for the family to have achieved their Olympic goal. I had my own run of it four years ago and, and, and didn't quite work out, but if yeah, for, for probably even for the family, do you know, if the two of us had given up as much as we did and, and chased as hard as we did and not got there, I think it would probably be a, a tough pill to swallow or something that, that would, you know, a thorn in the side going forward. Whereas it's just it's just fantastic um to see her. I, you know, everyone says, Are you proud? And it kind of it doesn't really seem fitting because you know, she's my sister, of course, I'm proud of her, but um she's realizing her biggest dream and She's realising it because everything that she's done, she's she's done everything right to get there and to make it happen, and not left left any stone unturned. And yeah, it's it's incredibly gratifying to see this now, and hopefully on Saturday come come to fruition. It's absolutely a life goal. I think Michael Phelps talked about dreaming big and chasing it down, and that's what he did. And and I think that's what these girls have done as well. They've, you know, twelve years ago, sixteen years ago, it was. Playing hockey for Ireland in Olympics was was a bit of a pipe dream, and uh, they never let that stop them. And they've they've built and they've built and they've they've taken the disappointments, so many close calls along the way, and you know even then on the on the night in in Donnybrook, I, I don't know what the bookies' odds would have been when they were what three one down with two penalties to go, and and they've just made it happen, and they're remarkable. They're a remarkable bunch. And Ireland are going to Tokyo. There is joy for the Green Army. Finally, after years of trying, Ireland have a women's team going to the Olympic Games. The lockdowns imposed due to the pandemic completely altered the lifestyle and routine of the Ireland women's hockey team. Chloe talks about how the lockdown impacted her and her teammates who had already put many aspects of their life on hold to pursue their sporting dreams. I was probably lucky that I had some work that I was able to rejoin and distract myself from the loss of our training schedule and our team and our environment. So I was able to kind of jump back into my day job and that distracted me for a little bit, absolutely did. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, like we've been working towards this. Like I can't remember when I wasn't working towards this, you know. It's just, it's been there forever. It's just like the Irish team training. It's been the priority in our lives. You know, certainly for me, and it's it's just always come first for as long as I can remember. And when it was taken away during lockdown, you got anxious. It was weird, like, what do I do with myself? And and there wasn't even anything else you could do to pretend like you were loving life. It, there was nothing else going on. So it was just like, okay, you're twiddling your thumbs, getting angsty, missing the girls as well. You know, you're so used to being around 20 people all the time and then suddenly you're by yourself or having to go out and do a room by yourself. And that was really do- tough and just being apart for so long. Everybody kind of had to have motivation and and trust that everyone was just taking along and yeah it's just like we kind of fell off a little mini cliff and it was you weren't sure if you were ever going to be back together and that kind of sounds dramatic but there was just such a period of uncertainty that was like I don't know what's going to happen next week 
we might not ever get to the Olympics. We might not get our program back. What if life as we know it doesn't come back to normal? You know, it was it was bizarre. And I know everybody was going through that anxiety, but it kind of again brought it back home how how precious your sporting career is. You know, we're probably on the latter side of our careers and you know, when a year goes by, you kind of feel a bit cheated out of it. You're like, well, I can't get that year back now. I've just missed a year of my career and playing hockey for my country. And that was that was tough to take as well. So it was. I think we were just delighted then when we got back together, albeit having the f- extra few months, you knew training was going to be horrible and it was still quite far away. That was still like, oh, okay, this is hard. This is this is tough, but we just got to get through this tough period and it'll be worth it. It maybe made me sort of get on with it a bit more because you couldn't just sit there and complain about it. Like I felt so guilty even saying, oh, but, you know, the Olympics got postponed when there literally are people dying from coronavirus and it's a global pandemic. And, you know, there are far worse things happening to people, you know, and then, and then you see on social media and stuff, a a lot of commentary about whether the Olympics should go ahead and random people you don't know just being like, oh, surely that has to be cancelled. Like they need to cancel that. And you're just like, you don't understand how much this means to to athletes or to, to people that have worked for their whole lives towards this. Like I understand there's a huge risk and there's a huge pandemic and of course you wouldn't want to be putting anybody's health at risk but it's not just like a show it's it's not just this ah oh, sporting event it means so much more like we we've missed out on the last two this might be your last chance you don't know and you're finally gotten over the line with it and then it's just like ah oh, should they should cancel that and you're just like i can't even fathom a cancellation like what would i have to show for the last whatever many years of my life. This is all I've been working towards. So please just take a step back and understand that. (laughs) But uh, it was all that kind of stupid stuff. And you're like, I need to get away from this. I I don't need to be reading this. Like everybody's anxious and, and maybe lashing out at different things and it's no good for anybody. But yeah, it was, it was just a, a funny time. And it's, it's crazy to think how far we've come now think there's a vaccine half the population are vaccinated you know things are opening back up because there was a time when you just didn't see any of it happening Uh, it was just bleak and that's why I suppose we're so excited now because we've come full circle and it's happening and we're going and it's just relief like so excited when you're early 20s mid 20s everything's all a bit you know everyone's doing whatever and it's yeah you miss out on the the trips and the holidays and the social events, you know, you might have a free weekend in two months time that maybe you could join if anything was happening, but that's not how people work often. Uh, You know, the spontaneous trips, no, absolutely not. You know, you'd have 10 days off if there was the end of a program or if you'd just done a tournament that maybe you'd have to get a holiday in other than that 
it's training all the time, all year round. That's that's the thing with hockey. There's no off season. And then I suppose now coming into, you know, your late 20s and things, you see your friends getting engaged or even having having kids, buying houses, like <laughs> all of these life events that are happening. And you're kind of like, oh God, like I've, I'm here playing hockey still. Like, and it does cross your mind. You're kind of like, what, like, what have I, have I, missed out on all this have I like it kind of crosses your mind you can panic for a bit but then you know when to an Olympics that's that's obviously a lot easier to, to take but like I didn't get my degree when the rest of my my age group and my friends did I didn't you know qualify at the same time in work as as you know people at my age and, and that kind of thing and I remember panicking when um the sort of you know five-year reunion or 10-year reunion comes around in school and I was like all of these people are like managers and qualified solicitors and you know have this or that and I I still haven't done any of that and I'm still playing hockey and that's what I'm gonna be be known for but um as I said now that we're going to the Olympics next next week and I know that's that's what I've been working towards for so long yeah I'm a bit more relaxed about it and I've you know it, it makes it it makes it easier to take you know it was worth it but it certainly does it does start to filter in I think the longer the longer I've been doing it maybe you're just like oh have I been doing this for too long <laughs> am I missing out on on a lot but you know it's given me so much as well so I you can look at it from one side glass half full glass half empty I think um and you just have to really try and be reasonable about it. The ability to bounce back and achieve success after big disappointment has been a feature of the Ireland women's hockey team. Chloe describes how mental strength has played such a major part in the team's story. I never would have doubted myself. Even at, like as a kid, I wouldn't have been intimidated. I would have wanted to play whoever was the best at whatever it was. That's that's just how I was. I wanted to see how I'd fare and how I'd get on, and I loved that kind of challenge. Um, and I suppose having stuck with this and come back from London, the disappointment of not qualifying for Rio, and I think being able to learn and develop and improve, not just the hockey side of it. It's there's a lot more to it, and. I think I've under, I'm understanding more and more that, you know, it's the mentality and the mental side of, of sport is what can be the difference between the good players and being a really good international player. And, you know, even as a team, we've really, we've really built that over the, the last number of years. Like it's the mental side of the game is, is more important than the other side of it. And I think maybe that's, that's what I've probably learned most over the last 15 years. Like I was, okay, I was, you know, always probably decent at hockey, but actually having that drive and having um, the ability to just pick myself up and go again and and the, to want to do it. You know, I am probably proud of that as well because getting knocked down the last time after Rio was really tough, but 
coming back and being stronger for it is is really satisfying. And to get over the line and achieve something that you've had your sort of sights set on, that's that's a really a really satisfying feeling. With a team, you you can be as driven and as committed as you want, but if the rest of the team aren't, then it's probably no good. You'll get so far, but you're not going to have success on the world stage or, or at the very top. And it's about having that culture within a team, that, that trust, that reliance on each other, that you know she's going to throw herself at the ball if there's a glimpse. So I have to throw myself at the ball if if a chance comes up or to keep it off the line or to chase that person back no matter how tired you are or however long in the game it is and it's it's knowing that everybody else is going to do that so I'm going to do it for them as well and yeah you build those relationships off the pitch and you build up that trust and it's harder than you think obviously it's you know you're competing for places there's however many different personalities but at the end of the day you all have to come together on the pitch and have the same mentality about it and have the same commitment and resilience to to keep going and fighting for it so yeah that's the part you know I love about our team and I think yeah I'm excited to get over to Tokyo and see how we come together again and make some history again that's that's always a motivating factor for us as well This podcast was brought to you in association with A&F Recruitment, who look after job seekers and employers across all sectors, from general accounting to CFO and executive level hires. Their aim is to guide A&F professionals, not only in their current job search or their current hiring plans, but for all their moves and hires throughout a long and happy career. To see a full range of their current roles, follow them on LinkedIn or visit afrecruitment.ie. Commentary in this podcast is thanks to the FIH. This podcast was produced by James Wynn and Richie Kelly of Record Media. Editing and mixing by Charlotte Reed. <laughs>